what's going on everybody it's your boy val cisco aka lucha val and today on elite wrestling audio i'm providing you dolo dolo experience right here for the impact wrestling event no surrender and i know it's a couple of days removed from the event but i wanted to give it some love um first and foremost guys I gotta say, I gotta apologize. I've been out of the loop, out of the sauce a little bit for the past couple of weeks, whether it's on the threads, the pages, the podcast. Uh, I've been a little bit in my own head, in my own zone right there, uh, whether it's work, whether it's family and everything in between. So from the bottom of my heart, if I haven't been as consistent, I apologize. I know my boy Jay Rance has been um, holding up the table, if you will, the head of the table, if you will, when it comes to the book of all the podcasts that we do, whether it's uh, the Cormora Chronicles, even hell, Pop Culture Fanatics, Lag Switching, and of course, Elite Wrestling Audio. So guys, I apologize on that side, but I'm here, I'm clear, and I'm ready to rock and roll. So I figured, let me shine some love, shed some love on Impact Wrestling's No Surrender event, because at times, Impact Wrestling, whether you have fond memories or bad memories, uh, whether you don't trust the brand that much or you are invested in a brand, it, it tends to get overlooked, especially with the big three. When you have, you know, things like, you know, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and the WWE, you know, barking at the door, um, some things like this or MLW uh, fall through the wayside. So let's get into this, man. This um, event was a sleeper hit in my opinion man i love this event um i know it didn't get a lot of buzz because of the main event i know a lot of people were just kind of sour especially when you have an event um a month prior when you're having kenny omega the good brothers take on you know rich swan moose and chris saban with that ultra main event right there just heavy hitters and then to follow up with Tommy Dreamer versus Rich Swan for the World Championship. Um, but me, you know, I appreciate it. I, I love the fact that you're throwing Tommy Dreamer a bone here. I think he deserves it, number one, for all the years that he's given to Impact Wrestling, uh, for all the years he's given to the business. So I, for one, was interested alongside of a couple of great matches, especially the X Division match. And we'll get into that. Both X Division matches, actually. We'll get into that as well, too. Um, so let's get into the card, man. You know, Impact Wrestling starting up No Surrender with a nice little video package of Tommy Dreamer. Basically, you know, talking about his 31 years plus of of the of this wrestling career basically everything that's culminating to this moment right here to being in the main event to challenging for the world championship saying you know um he's wearing the same boots that he did for his first world championship run you know talking about the last title that he's won as far as the world championship goes talking about the bones he's broken the bruises his family events that he's missed so a very emotional start to no surrender really give you the opportunity to believe that Tommy Dreamer could win this and if he did um, how it would culminate his career altogether so I I, I love this I thought it was pretty cool uh, I love seeing you know just little things like old ECW clips or House of Hardcore clips and things of that nature so this worked for me this definitely worked for me um, we get into No Surrender, man, and let's just talk about this event. You know, a couple of matches that, you know, were meh, and a couple of matches that were really good. To start off, man, let's start off with this match right here. We had Triple XL and Tennille Dashwood with 
Caleb with a K on the corner, taking on Decay, Rosemary Crazy Steve, and Black Taurus. Um, if Matt Striker calls him that, I'm going to do the same thing. You know, we could call him Black Taurus all day, but I'm going to go Black Taurus. I know my boy Jay Rance would be cracking up right now with my pronunciation. Um, and this was the... Um, the uh, first time, at least from, I want to say, an American audience or at least on Impact Wrestling, that we got to see what Black Taurus can do. A full-fledged, um, like the phoenix rising from the ashes, decay coming back to life. I didn't like it. I, I liked it. Um, I-, I could be a little critical because I feel like this is a very much a watered-down version of Decay. Decay 2.0. But at the end of the day... It works. I think all all the players in this little stable work right now. Um, how do I feel about the match? The match was fun. I mean, it definitely was a showcase for Black Taurus. I mean, Crazy Steve, still good, but I always feel like he's missing something. What it is, I don't know. Rosemary, I just feel like her character hasn't evolved in the last two years, and I'm waiting for something to happen. Maybe... Maybe I'm just waiting for for a, a decent storyline to really chomp in besides something um, comedic. Uh, I want her to go back to the serious Rosemary that she was maybe about five years ago. But, you know, we'll see. Only time will tell in 2021. Um, Triple XL being taken serious. And I love the fact. Can I just say how much I love Matt Striker and D'Lo Brown? D'Lo I'm still getting used to. But hell, like he, he brings a wealth of knowledge as a professional wrestler. Um, the things he would do or wouldn't do. I appreciate that. I appreciate his points. And then Matt Striker is just the teacher. He is the professor when it comes to professional wrestling. He's going to take that from Mike Tanay in a few. Because he is so knowledgeable. And he goes down the rapid hold different little things in the history of every single wrestler and he puts over how serious these matches were we haven't seen triple xl taken seriously in a long time a lot of times you know when you look at you know josh matthews and madison rain you know you look at a team like triple xl they're just making fun of their weight you know or just put them in segments that are just like comedic for for comedic purposes only nothing with value whatsoever um this match i felt like was a hard reset for them i loved it i love the fact that you know the girth that they're that that is obvious between both of them even though larry d's looking a little bit more like buff these days it's used as an advantage. I, I love that. I love the fact that you know, you know, their weight makes them such a such a devious team, and how how serious they need to be taken. Uh, Tanil, you know, me and Jane Rance, we we talk about Tanil all the time. That she's just potential that's being wasted right now. Maybe it's her own fault. Maybe there's maybe it's Impact Wrestling's fault. But there's no value in the investment of Tanil Dashwood. I, I don't see it whatsoever. She's kind of not really in the knockouts division that that much and i don't know why it, it, it really makes me scratch my head a tad bit because she is a decent wrestler but the same token i just feel like her character hasn't evolved in the last five years and she's relying on this you know instagram influencer gimmick which she was started in the wwe before she was let go um it really hasn't taken off the way i guess we all have hoped for um good match though fun 
Uh, interesting match. I, I think the the times where we got to see, you know, Antonella and um, and um, Rosemary lock horns, it was pretty good. But I think this definitely was a showcase for Black Taurus doing amazing moves. You know, a mix of lucha, taking on submission based wrestling and powerhouse wrestling as well too. I thought that the mask was a little much. Um, it's not Mantar level whatsoever. Um, it does remind me of like a Jushin Thunder Liger or Psychosis in a way. It's a little bit more bulkier and I thought that it may impact the wrestling a bit but no no he was pretty pretty fun to watch I don't know if he matches the style that Decay is trying to go with but if we're taking this from like you know the gothic you know Manson horror that was Decay to begin with and now this is more of like a sideshow attraction I can go with that Decay does get the win with Black Taurus going to town with like a Tope Con Hero dive into the ring going with like a fisherman buster as well to like a spinning fisherman buster for the win um good showing what does this mean for decay well basically means that they're being pushed forward forward to what i don't know but i i, I like to see what's going on there uh, another moment that i i got put some shine to the match man asa romero uh he does not get the love that he deserves in my opinion i think people just look at his weight and it's like oh that's the fat guy on tv part of xl nah man the dude can go the dude can go fucking hard um part of my french right there but i curse on this podcast that's just me um, I love the fact that he had like a little intergender part with Tenille Dashwood. You know, everybody's doing their their quote unquote dives out the ring. Tenille fakes one out, but you have AC just use her basically as a battering ram and power bombs her out the ring onto everybody else. So I found that as a fun little way to get her hands dirty in this match. But Decay for the win right there. Um, next matchup, a match that you know what, it was good. And you know, it was a good match. It was a good match. I just felt like what we were trying to build to, I think, could have been built a, a tad more different. You know, we're, we're definitely trying to build, you know, Matt Cardona taking on Brian Myers. And I feel like Brian Myers is, has been on a totally different level, you know, has changed up his character, has, has really found himself in Impact Wrestling as a serious character. While Matt Cardona, as much as I love the former Zack Ryder, um, I feel that... Like, Jay Rance makes great points. The dude has not evolved whatsoever, man. Like, the dude um, is still Zack Ryder from, like, 2008. And it's sad a little bit because we want the man to actually break out of that character and find himself or find something different to be taken seriously. He has the look. He has the body. He has the moveset, kind of. Um, I just don't know what he's missing right now. Nonetheless, we had Brian Myers and Hernandez take on Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona. I would have, I would have maybe liked a maybe just a a single showing for both of them. And if not, if that was too early, maybe just another match between Eddie Edwards and and Brian Myers. And maybe we could have had a separate match with Cardona and Hernandez just for the hell of it. Hernandez, a little out of place, a tad bit, but that's been Hernandez's character for the past year as like the hired gun. And I get it. That's his place, you know, in the show right now. But I feel like Hernandez, I don't know. I just feel like he's another person that's just in, in impact, just to be an impact. He's not developing himself whatsoever. But hey, pay me. Let me do my job. I'm not being schooled too much by management right now. This is my role, and I'm taking it. He, he works well as, like, the diesel for, for, for Brian Myers. I, I appreciate that. 
Cardona and Eddie Edwards, good. I always enjoy Eddie Edwards, and I feel like he he's on another level compared to a lot of people. That's why maybe I would have just enjoyed Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers. It would have worked well, and especially if we're working toward him and Cardona in the future, uh, I feel like that could have been saved, especially when we have, you know, WrestleMania coming up pretty soon. All the shows like, um, you know, the MLWs or the ZZWs or hell, even Impact could follow this as well, too. Like, we know that's a big weekend for wrestling. So why not, like have impact wrestling like try to capitalize on that and try to promote cardona versus um brian myers you know two best friends former best friends you know at it that would have been good but nonetheless we got everybody locking horns in this match a decent tag team match and i appreciate it big spots from both people um we got some exchanges from cardona and brian myers which felt pretty well i love brian myers little pirate patch that he has right there it's just it, it gives him something to play with as a, as a heel character so that worked with me um the match was good the match was fun um could it have been better yeah but for for what it was right here uh i didn't i didn't mind it whatsoever uh, i thought it was a fun match brian myers and hernandez do get to win post-match um you know we get to see you know just the level that both these men, Myers and Cardona, are still after each other and they still have unresolved issues, as they should, and definitely it's going to lead on to their singles match later on, maybe the next pay-per-view. Uh, I think it's Rebellion. So if that's the case, then I'm okay with it. But I think the right team went over. I think Brian Myers, like I said, he's developing his character a lot better than, than Matt Cardona. And I feel that, you know, just a little bit more polish and... Brian Myers could be an Impact World Champion, man, in the making. That's just me. That's just me. I feel that. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he was a jobber. You're a fucking jobber, okay? You know, at the end of the day, if you see people... At the end of the day, Rich Swan could be champion. Anybody could be champion. I'll get to that a little later. But, uh, you know, Brian Myers has been cultivating himself as, as a serious wrestler. And I appreciate that. Let's get down to the next match. You know, this is going to go by a little fast, but I kind of want to just get out and get it out there because I know, like I said, we have a couple of uh, days removed from this and I want everybody just to experience how I felt. You know, just listen to how I felt about this pay-per-view or this event, if you will. Uh, we had Diener with Violent Buys Design taking on Jake Something. And this is like a, like a reboot for for Cousin Jake as well, too. And I appreciate this. I was telling our boy Jay that, like, I see something in Cousin Jake. Like, whether it's, like, his girth, whether it's, you know, his wrestling ability, whether it's his character, I, I saw something. And I think, you know, we all saw something there, too. And I'll say this. Diener showed me something as well, too. I think both these men you know, make the right decision to go solo. It took me a while to get into Diener a little bit because he looked like Eric Young 2.0, but maybe that's what you need. And I think I can appreciate the Diener, the skinny crackhead looking motherfucker that's out there trying to win at any cause, you know, just very slimy, you know, uh, you know, chicken shit kind of heel, but also a little crazy and nuts at the same time. He works with Joe Dorian. He works with Eric Young. I think they could add somebody else, and it'll be a perfect tag uh, tandem. Jake something, changing the name. If you don't stand for something, you'll stand for nothing. I appreciate that. I think that could get over. I know it's a very gimmicky name, but hell, if we could live in a world where Chris Hero could be a thing. Jake something could be a thing as well, too. Walter could be a thing, right? Let me take a swig real quick of the coffee. Mm-hmm. There we go. Cafe Bustelo. Mm-hmm. 
um, Jake something. I appreciate the name. I don't mind the name whatsoever. Um, you know, black trunks. You know, with the name in the back of it. You know, all hanging out right there. Uh, he looks like a like a massive, massive human being. Um, what the, what are they going through in this match? I felt like this match could have been a little bit better, but I appreciated it. I feel like they, they gave us enough, like a taste to see what would happen. Uh, a very much a showcase for Jake something to see where his level is at, uh, especially when you have um, by design in the background playing around. Um, I enjoyed the match. Like I said, I, th I think this is a good showcase for Jake something. I think he could be a very big thing. They just need to get this match, maybe one or two more matches out the way, and we'll be pretty good right there. But man, um, Jake something getting the win. I think that was the right call. I think Diener is at a good place right now with Valen by design. That team can take a loss. And as you saw at the end of the match as well, to keep on, you know, trucking, if you will. Um, new move for, for Jake something using the Black Hole Slam, the Brody Slam, the Big Boss Man Slam, if you will, as his finisher. And I appreciate that. It fits his character. It fits him as a big man doing a giant slam. Looks impactful. So I, uh, not to be punny, yes, it looks impactful. And um, nice little match just to cleanse the palate a tad bit. Post-match, we saw Violent by Design just wreak havoc on Jake something and put him through a table uh, with a top rope powerbomb. So I appreciate that right there. Just, you know, keeping, you know, Eric, Joe Doring, our, our man, Swagalicious Joe Doring. <laughs> um, and, um, of course, Diener, you know just relevant still or just not relevant but just something to do have them have their heat still i appreciate the match i, I enjoy it man um whew. let's get into this man this this was the match that i was looking forward to the whole entire match the whole entire night excuse me this was the x division triple threat revolver match um, the winner will become the number one contender for the X Division Championship. Three men will start the match one by one. They'll continue to come in after a pinfall or submission was made to make a, another triple threat. So in, in, in theory, what this is, is that uh, like a gauntlet match in a way. Starts off a triple threat. Someone gets eliminated. One more person fills that spot in for another triple threat match. I found this pretty cool. Like uh, I... I, I enjoyed the hell out of this, man. You had um, a lot of people in this, Trey Miguel, Blake Christian, Suicide Star at the match. I thought this was a hell in the match. I think Blake Christian, you know, for those that don't know him, shined so well in this match. Trey Miguel, you know, we like to say that, you know, MSK made a great call going to NXT and just being fed oodles and oodles of, of golden noodles over there. And good for them. But I think um, Trey Miguel sold right out of the wall. And he saw how much of, a, uh, of, of an asset he can be for Impact Wrestling. And, and I enjoyed him in this match right here. Suicide is suicide. Hell, I really don't care for him whatsoever. But I appreciate him being in this, in this match. And I feel like the X Division is slowly getting back to what it was. Again, you know, just a lot of high flyers. A lot of mix of technical wrestlers. And your big man that's there as well too. So I enjoyed this, man. Um, you know, uh, another person that just shined this match as well too was Chris Bay. Bro, Chris Bay, once again, 
you know, Suicide gets eliminated as the first elimination. Chris Bay comes out, clearly looking like a hurricane in the ring, taking charge. His presence is fantastic. He feels like a superstar already. Chris Bay is going to be doing big things within the year. I promise you that. If it's not going to be another championship run with the X Division title, it's going to be a world championship run. I only wish maybe Impact Wrestling had like a, one more secondary title. You know, like they did with the quote-unquote legends or the television championship that they had before. They brought that back. I think it would be great for a person like Chris Bay or people that are just needing something to do as well too. Not just in the X Division, but just something else. That way they could elevate themselves to the next level with the heavyweight title. That would be great for a person like Chris Bay. But I love it. You know, you having the Chris Bay just so innovative in the match. Blake Christian, Trey uh, were all innovative in this match. Hell, we even got to see a vertebraker by Chris Bay delivering it on uh, Blake Christian, which looked devastating. We haven't seen a vertebraker done in a long time, and I appreciate this. Hell, the Gringo Killer was one of my favorite moves from Homicide, so seeing it again. Um, you know, shout out to Shane Helms, my man Gregory Helms, my man the Hurricane right there. Uh, Blake Christian was um, was eliminated. Davari comes in. How do I feel about Davari, man? Davari, Impact Wrestling. Um... I just feel like he's there. He's not making a lot of waves, but he has some kind of presence. Hmm. Another sip right there. He has presence. I appreciate him. Former Cruiserweight Champion. Former champion uh, in different organizations as well, too. You know, great physique. Looks great as well, too. But do I feel like he did he added any flavor? Maybe from an international standpoint, but other than that, mm -mm. Don't care for it whatsoever. One, two, three, and he is out, eliminated by, um, I believe, Trey Miguel from Meteora. So that happened right there. Davari got out. In comes the the wild card, in my opinion, in this X Division match, which I appreciate because he reminds me, maybe not beat for beat, but he reminds me how Samoa Joe was in the X Division champ, uh, the, I guess, the roster at that time. Um, Josh Alexander. Um, you know, the curious case of Josh Alexander out of the Norths, um, what would he do as a singles competitor in Impact Wrestling? And we saw it. Like, this is a perfect division for him. You know, uh, for him to just test out a singles run and work against either smaller competitors or competitors that are willing to try interesting maneuvers as well, too. You know, his... his interactions with a Chris Bay or a Trey Miguel was just fantastic. I loved how, you know, how innovative he is with power moves and submission wrestling. It's a great mix um, and it just worked out so well with his character. Eliminating Chris Bay, we have Willie Mack come in as well too. And this was interesting as well too. We got to see a tandem offense between Trey Miguel, Willie Mack, and of course, um, Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander, you know, still looking fantastic. They had a nice little Tower Doom spot as well, too. As usually happens in these multi-man matches. Poison Ranas, Cutters all over the place. You know, this was this was a crazy match. We also had Ace Austin come in as well, too. As one of the final participants after Willie Mack was eliminated. And, um, you know, uh, this match, if you, if you didn't see... If you, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. If you didn't see Trey Miguel as a clear-cut winner, it would have been Ace Austin. That's not what we got whatsoever. Awesome, once again, exchange between these three gentlemen that are just taking the X Division by storm. But of course, a a 
showcase of power by 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 Alexander with a double Death Valley driver was just something to be awed. Like honestly, that's like one of the things you can remember from from Alexander in this. Uh, if you take away anything from this card, this was one of the matches that you need to see. Um, Josh Alexander gained the win and gained a number one shot, number one contender shot at the Exhibition Championship. So I found that awesome. It gives something something for Josh Alexander to really do to sink his teeth into. I can imagine Josh Alexander as the Exhibition Champion, and I, I love it. it. It reminds me of Douglas Williams, if you guys remember Douglas Williams, you know, former tag team partner of uh, Nick Aldis as well, too, Magnus, if you will, um, when he had a run with the Exhibition Championship, very ground and power base. So if it's anything like that, man, it's going to be big things for Josh Alexander come uh, 2021. Next match in the night, bro. Didn't really care about it whatsoever. Uh, I don't know how I'm feeling about the Knockouts Tag Team division right now. I, I had a lot of high hopes for it, but maybe because of the fact that there's not a lot of depth inside in the division right now, and we're getting a repeat match, which also plays with the idea that both of them are heels. And both of them could also be considered baby faces as well, too. Too much shade of gray in this match, but this was uh, Fire and Flavor. Um, defending their knockouts tag team titles against uh, Nevaeh and Havoc. Decent match. A little sloppy. I don't know where the fault lies. I don't know if it's a chemistry thing between all four ladies. I don't... I. You know what? I, I, I'll say this. I think the fault lies in the fact that both teams are trying to be heels but still get over with the crowd as well too. Or get over with the audience because there is no crowd. And um, I don't know. I think because they're, they're both acting like tweeners in a way, it just doesn't work. You need to have that like baby face mentality, especially if you're Fire and Flava. I think they would have been perfect baby faces in this match to overcome the odds of Havoc and Nevea. But in, in a way, Havoc and Nevea were almost placed as the baby faces, as uh, Fire and Flava were more chicken shit heels throughout the match. It was just hard to get into, in my opinion. I was rooting for these ladies to really go in. Um, but of course, Fire and Flavor do get the win in this match. Um, and we get a post-match uh, sequence where we see Havoc and Avea essentially breaking up, or at least one of them storming off. You know, Havoc being tired of Nevea, Nevea being tired of Havoc. And um, just very, very interesting. I wouldn't want them to break up either because I feel like they're an interesting tag team. I love the power and technicality between those two. I really feel like they deserved a, a run of the titles. They would have been a great big girl force to be reckoned with. So the fact that that might be ending is a little sad. As for Tasha Steeles and Kiara Hogan, Fire and Flava, they have the makings to be a great team. That's just my opinion. They have the makings to be a great heel team. Or babyface team, but they need to choose what they want to do. Either or, guys. Either or. Like, if you're going to be heels, be heels. If you're going to be babyfaces, be the babyfaces. But you can't be both. It just doesn't work out. And it's going to interrupt a lot of good matches that you have in the future. What's next for them? Well, I don't know, man. Like, you still have the awkward tag team of Jazz and... and um, and um, Jordan Grace out there. I know ODB's back in the picture as well, too. He could also run another match with um, Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly. But, you know, hopefully we'll get we'll be getting some more tag teams down the line. Um, you know, there are a lot of rumors saying that Ivalice and Diamante are coming down uh, from AEW to really 
put their flavor on fire flavor right there. So that will be interesting. But once again, it's tweeners versus tweeners. Someone has to be the clear-cut heel and someone has to be the clear-cut babyface for that to work. So we'll see. We're going to have to see what happens um, later on when it comes to this division. Let's get into the next match of the night. The X Division Championship match. We had TJP defending his title against Rohit Raju with Mahabali Shira. I probably botched, botched that name right there. Mahabali Shira. There we go. <laughs> Got too hyped for myself. Um... We love Rohit in this podcast. We think Rohit is awesome. We think Rohit is the bee's knees. Um, I know my boy Jay Rance loves TJP. I think he appreciates his wrestling, his technical ability. It's just his promos to me it just don't work. And I could see him being a person. The hell, like I said, if Rich Swan could be champion, TJP could be world champion. It's just his promos are so lackadaisical like he doesn't care maybe that's his character but i need something more from tjp from his promos but his wrestling ability bar none like probably the best in, in that company right there rohid with shira man another element to his game really great to work with when you have that big man small man dynamic it, it works um how do i feel though i i feel with the outcome of this match though what's gonna happen now but great match like the match started i i do have a problem with this match so the match does start where well, it doesn't even start yet you have rohit and shira just beating the shit out of tjp outside the match not letting him get a chance to breathe beating him for at least i want to say five to eight minutes of just outside antics happening the match finally starts and we get you would think like with all this craziness happening the advantage of Rohit that just you know a simple running knee strike pin him call the day wins the championship as a as a heel but as a heel with not power that didn't happen I feel like I disagree with that because of the fact that like we had a back and forth match for at least another 10-12 minutes of just these two putting on a spectacle and maybe that's where I feel a little weird about because if that's the case if we're gonna make Rohit looks strong to the point where like he's beating the shit out of this guy before the match starts. Um, two ways should have happened. You should have had him been a roll-up pin from TJP just to get that sneak win. You know, got beat up but doesn't stay down. Or you should have had Rohit go over. But the fact that this was such a back-and-forward competitive match and not even a, a, a funny match from Rohit. This was more of a match that he was taking seriously. He like he he showed all his skill sets. Very submission Texas catch can type um, based match, which I loved. I appreciate the hell out of the counters, the counter submissions. I thought this was a great match for for anybody to sink their teeth into. Um, but the match does end with TJP, you know, getting the win with the with the uh, what's, what was this move called? The detonation kick. Cool great um oh sorry he wins with the mama splash there we go and um maybe that was the story of the match he kept up i'm going for the mama splash and missing finally gets it gets the win kind of flating a little bit right like maybe it's just me but you build Rohit so so great as this heel with with now a power with, with his psycho sid with his diesel in his corner and yet you still make him lose and you make him lose clean after getting beat up too for about five to eight minutes 
outside you still make them lose like clean like that just didn't make sense it takes all the air out of what you were trying to do with Rohit whatsoever like now he legitimately doesn't need it he doesn't deserve a title shot whatsoever so what do you do with Rohit like with Shira now like do you put him in the tag team division cool you could do that but I mean I just felt like the wrong the wrong thing happened there the wrong kid died <laughs> for all you Dewey Cox fans out there TJP, we'll see. I think it'll be an interesting match with him and Josh Alexander. I think it'll be a great submission-based match, a great mat wrestling match. So I think that'll be an awesome match to go with. But um, my heart still feels for Rohit just a tad bit, just a tad bit. He has the wrestling ability and the chops and now the bodyguard. I think that could have been a tad bit better. Next match of the night, Deanna Perrazzo, Kimberly, and Susan. In a triple threat tag team match. Well, six men, six women tag team match. Excuse me, let me just repeat myself. I'm all over the place right here. A six woman tag team match. Ticket on Jazz, Jordan Grace, and ODB. Weird combinations, but I appreciate this match. This was a weird but fun match. You know, not every card needs to have a title match associated to it. And Diana Prazo has been a great champion. Um, this gives her something to do with her little group that she has right there. The inclusion of Susan has been fun as like the Karen at the group going to management and asking for, for matches and kind of like costing the advantage for Diana Prazo a tad bit. Um, ODB being back in Impact Wrestling, fun. It's different, right? Uh, especially with this type of match, it works. It, it works with the characters like Jazz, and it works with the characters like Susan. Um, so I enjoyed it. Um, it's a fun match, back and forth. ODB ripping the ripping the um, the sleeves off of Susan was fun to watch. ODB and her antics are just hilarious to watch as well too. Diana Prazo still a spectacle in my opinion. Like when she gets the chance to wrestle. It's awesome. She very very much is a virtuosa. You have Kimberly, though. Kimberly, I feel like she doesn't get enough shine at times. And when she does, it's always like she's one game beat up in a way. And I just want a little bit more, more meat on the table when it comes to Kimberly. Because I know she's a fantastic wrestler. I just want her to get a little bit more opportunities out there. Uh, this match was heavily focused on Jazz. How do we feel about Jazz, guys? <sighs> I love the fact that she's getting an opportunity, right? Like, why not? Jazz is, you know, has been one of the most influential women in sports entertainment. And she deserves everything that she gets. You know, she deserves being in spots. She deserves, you know, being in, in any kind of company. Um, and she, of course, in these matches, with her age and um, her limited skill set that she has these days... Um, she can be hidden, and I appreciate that. Um, but it comes to a point where, what are we doing with Jazz? Are we going to treat her seriously? Are we going to actually make her get a run for a title or have her run for a title at one point? Like she already did for the tag team straps, lost. Will she go for the uh, Women's World Championship? Maybe. The Knockouts Championship? Maybe. Could it work? It could. You definitely need someone to lead her, and Deanna Prazo would be perfect with that. But I can't say I'm thrilled. But then again, I, I would be a hypocrite, right? Because that'd be the same thing like Tommy Dreamer in a way, um, being a world title shot. I just don't know. I just feel like it's a jazz experiment going on too far right now or too long. Maybe, maybe not. Only time will tell. Uh, jazz does pick up the victory in this match. Um, with a, I don't know how you botch a STF, but she almost botched the STF and um, she gets a win by submission. Um, interesting, interesting match. 
Um, that sets up Jazz as a t- as a key player in the women's division. Um, I just don't know how I would feel about a singles match. I don't know how anybody would, but um, with a couple of bells and whistles, and you have some people in the background, um, maybe interfering or just causing a lot of chaos. Hell, even if you make it maybe a hardcore match, um, that could happen, like an old school match. Um, I think that could work. If you protect Jazz enough, I think a title match with her and Diana could work. Only time will tell. Um, Jordan Grace, odd girl out in this match, man. I don't know, man. Jordan Grace, she always feels like she deserves to be bigger. Maybe this is one of those things where, uh, I know we champion, we champion this in NXT, well, in any kind of women's wrestling roster, but maybe just that secondary women's title could work for her. We say that in NXT for the women's division. We say the same thing for this as well, too. Like, you know, a women's TV title could could benefit for a lot of these ladies that either don't have a chance to wrestle Deanna at that moment in time or a tag team championship. So um, Jordan Grace being that like that that B to someone's A, that IC title to, to a world champion could could be better in my eyes. But I don't know. We're going to have to see. We're, we're definitely going to have to see. Um, so yeah, Jazz gets the win. Let's get on to the next match right here, guys, because this pay-per-view, this event, it flew. It flew, it flew, it flew. And it flew in all the great in all the right ways. Let's get into the Impact World Tag Team Championship. This match was a buzzing. People have been talking about the Good Brothers because hell, they're the only tag team right now that's going to mostly um all the big Organizations and making their presence known, whether it's AEW, Impact Wrestling, having their own shows on Access TV, um, just doing big things and awesome interactions with anybody and everybody right now. So the Good Brothers defend their Impact straps against the team of Chris Sabin and James Storm, a fun little team, a mishmash, a hodgepodge of two great tag teams. Uh, against the number one contenders, the rightful number one contenders, um, our boys, Gin and Juice, our boys, Private Party over here. My boy Jose will probably be laughing at my mess-ups right now. Um, yeah, like, I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Um, if not the X-Division, um, revolver match, this was one of my favorite matches as well, too. I think... Um, the level of experience in this match mixed with private parties, um, just high octane offense was great. Um, I thought everybody mixed pretty well. I thought private parties seemed bigger than what they were in AEW, and I appreciate that. I don't like the fact that Matt Hardy's trying to make them Hardy Boys 2.0. The Yeah, Private Party coming out to like the Matt Hardy theme song was just a little meh to me. I thought with their characters and their swag, they need to come out to their own Private Party entrance and make that that character that they both have work. Just them coming out to like a bootleg Hardy Boy theme song just doesn't fly well with me whatsoever. I digress. The match was pretty damn great. Just a good mix. Like I said, James Storm, such a fucking presence in Impact Wrestling. Anywhere he goes, he's such a presence. Chris Saban just brings like the old school X Division vibes that you love. And of course, the Good Brothers, rough and tough, established tag team. I think everybody had their place in this match. This match was balls to the wall fun, high impact moves, 
Good Brothers coming out with the win as well too uh, in a sneak way. I appreciate the sneak way that the Good Brothers did get the win. You know, not allowing um, Private Party, not allowing you know what, what is it, Motor Beer, if you want to call them that, <laughs> to get the win or get the advantage. But I love the fact that the Good Brothers just got a sneak win and kind of get it by this match. Let me take a little swig right here. Yep, so what's next right now? Well, hell, I'll spoil it right now. I know everybody else knows, but, you know, Finn Juice, you know, our boy David Finley and Juice Robinson, one of the hottest tag teams come out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, are making their way to Impact Wrestling. I love that. They're an awesome combination of a young school team with um, a lot of different variety of moves and character development. I think they're going to be an awesome force to have in Impact Wrestling. And this is very much welcome because Impact Wrestling desperately needs some tag teams. Um, you put these boys in there with the Good Brothers, you're going to have New Japan feels all over the place. So I love this. I love the fact that New Japan is able to um, have deals with different organizations like AEW, like Impact Wrestling, and and just give people a shot just to wrestle a little bit more and show them what their chops are, show them why they're so great in, in, in Japan and why they should be so awesome in the United States as well too. So I'm super hyped for what the future holds for Impact Wrestling's tag team division. What, what does that mean for Private Party? Maybe back to AEW? We'll see what happens there. Um, I still think they would be great in, in Impact Wrestling. They just fit well, but only time will tell. All right, last match of the night, guys. Let's get into the nitty-gritty so I can finish this up right here. We're going to talk about Tommy Dreamer looking to chase for his third world championship title against Rich Swan. Um, the story's still there. Swan, of course, being the young champion. Very brash, very um, confident, taking on, of course, Tommy Dreamer, the experience, the the legend, if you will, the hardcore legend, if you will. Um, I understand the dynamic in this match. I do. I really, really do. It, it makes sense to me. I, I think um, Tommy Dreamer being like Terry Funk in this match, is it, it, it's very reminiscent of what Terry was doing back in the day to help the, the younger guys get over. Um, do I feel like this match helped Rich Swan get over a tad bit more? No, not so, not whatsoever. I'm going to say this right now. It's not, I, I'm not a Rich Swan fan because I don't like his wrestling or his ability or anything like that whatsoever. That is not the case at all. I just feel Rich Swan was pushed so hard, so fast that it's not as believable as I want it to be. Could he be a great champion? Yes. Could he be a great heel champion? Absolutely. Could he put a little bit more muscle on? Absolutely as well too. Um, but he doesn't stand out as a champion. Um, and that speaks volumes, even to the part where like he got pinned by the AEW champion in the last pay-per-view. So it's like, you really don't mean anything at this point in time. I want him to succeed because I love Rich Swan's story. It's such a great story. But the same token, I do not see him as world champion material. Exhibition, yes, and maybe as a heel champion, 
with some with some backup like Rohit has. Yeah, definitely. Um, does he does he give some hope to the smaller guys that anybody could be world champion? Yes, that's great. I'm not a I'm not a guy that's pissed off with that whatsoever. You have a person like a Darby Allen or Jungle Boy as a champion that works for me. I root for the small guys. I'm a small guy myself. I just feel like there is a lot missing in Rich Swan. And the players that you have him up against are far better with him than him when it comes to in-ring ability, talent, mic skills, presence, all that. I'm not trying to shit on him too much. I just I don't I just he's not my cup of tea as a champion. Nonetheless, decent match. I thought Tommy Dreamer had an awesome showing. I thought this showed years and years and years of of what Tommy Dreamer has, has given us from wrestling matches like he used to when his original ECW days, his pretty boy days, uh, chain wrestling, which is fun to watch Tommy Dreamer, to like just the different tricks that he can do as well too with his years uh, of experience. I thought um, matching Rich Swan tit for tat was okay. A couple of cutters, flying cutters, Death Valley drivers, the story, the match. I'm not sure if it's real or not. I, I, it looked like a work to me, but hell, who knows? Um, the whole dislocating the pinky. The whole dislocating the pinky was a huge story in the match. I felt that, you know, um, the way he was extending it looked like it was dislocated, but also it looked like a work. And Tommy loves the rib and he loves the work a lot too. So I don't know, but it made for very interesting storytelling. And I think, like I said, I'm going to say it's a work just to say it's a work because um, that told a story throughout the match. Like as soon as he popped his finger back in, and then of course the laughable doctor that came in with the doctor's lab coat, that was a little too funny. Um, the story was Rich Swan trying to take advantage of the injury with Tommy Dreamer's hands, and I love that. Amy for the pinky, and I love Matt Striker and his analysis of this injury. Anybody else would have just tossed this aside and said, "Oh, it's an injury." Excuse me. And Rich Swan is just beating up his hand, yada yada yada. No, he went in depth of on D'Lo too of how the hand is so essential when it comes to Tommy Dreamer's movesets, like the Dreamer DDT and how you have to have a cravat, some wrist control, some finger control to lock into hands to get the DDT. They made it a, a move, like a throwaway move, so important in this match. The Death Valley Driver, how he needs to like hold on and get a proper grip to perform it is now lost because of the pinky and how essential the pinky is. I thought that was brilliant storytelling. I think this is the type of storytelling we need. I also love the fact that they just shout out the referees in this match, Brian Hebner and a couple of the people as well too throughout the uh, throughout the um, pay-per-view event. Um, just showing how essential these referees and how much knowledge of the wrestling business they have as well too. So I found that pretty awesome. Um, tit for tat match. Rich Swan does get the win. Um, Dreamer hands him the title, and it's like a very emotional ending to the match right there. Um, it, it gets utterly destroyed when Moose comes in and wreaks havoc. And I love that because I think Moose now is the guy to go with when it comes to this company. Um, Moose has been elevating himself for the last couple of years 
cultivating a different character, and I love it. And I, I think, you know, he's been sorely overlooked. If not overlooked, then he's been a place where a holding place where they're waiting for to pull the trigger. I think now's the time. Moose has presence. Moose has control over the microphone. He makes you listen to every single word he says, and his wrestling has gone far better over the last years because of his experience, because of the people that he's worked with. So, yeah, of course, that last shot of just Moose holding the TNA World Heavyweight Championship with the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I think that's what we need at Rebellion. We need these to lock up, and we need Moose to win. And I'm going to say it right now. Moose should win. Moose is the guy to, to, to carry this company. Yeah, he's a heel, but it works so well as a heel. And you can match him up with anybody in AEW, in, in, in New Japan, in Impact Wrestling, everything like that. Honestly, it's, it's, it's just epic. It's epic. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this right here. Uh, that's my review for Impact's No Surrender. I did not surrender to this review whatsoever because I enjoyed it from top to bottom. It has its kooky moments, of course, but that's why we love Impact Wrestling because um, the expectations are right at the middle to the point where like I'm easily entertained when it comes to this company. So I enjoy it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this small little review right here by myself. I know I'm going to try to get with Jay Rance later on, see if we can get a, a um, NXT um, Ven TakeOver Vengeance Day review as well, too, if he's willing to do it. Uh, I know it's a couple of days removed. I understand that. But we'd like to give this content out for you guys because, hey, rock and roll we want to make this a successful ewa podcast elite wrestling audio the place to be um so guys thank you so much for hey dealing with me by myself with my antics and um yeah you guys want to catch us ewa you know ewa elite wrestling audio on everything from spotify to iHeartRadio to pandora Podbeam, Flick to Beam, Anchor, um, Apple Podcasts. Go out there, share, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff right there. We're on Instagram at EWA Podcast, Twitter at EWA Podcast, and of course a Facebook group by Elite Wrestling Audio. So please go out there, share. Um, if you're looking for some MMA news, content, all that jazz, G Rance picked up a lot of the slack man he he picked up the bulk of of me when i was just a little bit of out of it like i apologize guys life happens life um jay rance did a solo review post-show review recap of ufc 258 you know usman taking on burns and the exciting event that, that was so check that out uh, the kimura chronicles um available pandora apple podcast spotify so go out there rate review and subscribe it was a great podcast very easy to listen to hopefully i'm this easy as well too but very easy to listen to as well too um that's on twitter at tkc podcast underscore on instagram at tkc podcast and of course it has a facebook group as well too guys if you guys like the pop culture we're gonna be doing some some re 
redesigns the pop culture fanatics from the ground up a little bit on and what we're going to do for weekly podcasts for that one. But stay tuned this week. That podcast, podcast is on Twitter at uh, PC, uh, PCF. Look at me, I'm already messing up right now. PCF Podcast. Um, you can find that on Instagram at PCF Podcast as well, too. And on Facebook at Pop Culture Fanatics, Pop Culture with a hyphen in between that. If you want to get your anything on when it comes to pop culture, anime, comics, and all that good stuff so uh, please yeah follow that's on um iHeartRadio and and all podcast platforms out there lag switching as well too we're gonna be working on that jay rance has redesigned that as well too so you know get up with that right there we're gonna be getting in there guys where we're taking over slowly and slowly and surely guys i'm out of here this is your no surrender post show recap i hope you guys enjoyed it you take care be square not too square in the squared circle. I don't know where I'm going with this. Keep it right. Keep it tight. Hey guys, this is Val again. Um, just a little caveat for the episode. Just my experience with watching Tommy Dreamer throughout my years. Just a quick little caveat. Tommy Dreamer is like one of my favorite wrestlers because he is the everyday man. I love the fact that this dude from Yonkers, which me and the boys, we all grew up a couple blocks away from Yonkers. Um, this dude from Yonkers built himself up from nothing, traveled to Philly, worked as a pretty boy, got smacked up by Sandman to be a hardcore fucking legend. Pile drove so many damn people in the world, DDT so many damn people, and just looking at the story behind tommy dreamer is just fucking fantastic so from us to you tommy dreamer we we thank you for all the years that you provided us with awesome entertainment and wrestling the way you put your body through all pain and punishment the way you have entertained us for years throughout your style of wrestling we love that man like your, your fuse with Raven, legendary. You know what I mean? Sandman, legendary. Taz, legendary. Your fuse in the WWE, brother. Like, you know, you have a story career. Um, and the help that you've given Impact Wrestling, House of Hardcore, and everywhere. Just dabbling in anything you could. It, it's remarkable. So, I don't think this is your last go-around whatsoever. But I do think there was an awesome way to, to, to just put like a, like, I guess like something at the tippy top of your career and just say, hey, I may have invented another card for the world, for the world championship. So brother, Tommy Dreamer, from, from us to you, from guys from East 236th Street from the Bronx, New York, you know, when we go walk down 238th Street and go down the hill and head over to Yonkers, New York, um, you know, we appreciate you, brother. So thank you for 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 all the work. And thank you guys for tuning in to this last two minutes, this little epilogue, if you will, of, of this review for No Surrender. We appreciate you. Take care. Peace. <laughs>